Up next on Brothers Ballin, we're talking Jeff Saturday. We're talking teams in the NFL playoffs, Patrick Beverly, and World Cup Soccer. Brothers Ballin, coming at you. Hello, 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 everyone. Once again, Brothers Ballin', Thanksgiving weekend. We are coming at you. We are brothers. We are ballin'. And today, we're going to jump around. We've got a couple of really good topics. Talking some soccer. Talking some uh, football. You know, talk a little basketball. And before we get started, just want to say, John, say what's up to the people. How's it going, people? I'm excited. <laughs> the show for you this evening uh hopefully you had a wonderful thanksgiving let's get into it and i am rob and yes hope hopefully you had uh as much food as you can stomach and you enjoyed your thanksgiving with family and friends but it's on to the uh black friday and of course uh, thanksgiving weekend and we're going to get started talking about some stories that have taken place over this past week over the past couple weeks okay uh we're just going to focus on a couple uh, and the first one we're going to touch on is uh, Patrick Beverly. If you don't know, Patrick Beverly in another cheap shot, in what mm. I call another punk move, pushed Andre Jordan from behind and Andre, was suspended three Andre games Jordan. by the who's NBA. The, who's Andre Jordan? No, sorry, DeAndre <laughs> Ayton. Sorry, DeAndre Ayton. I said DeAndre Jordan, like, yeah. uh, like, 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 like they played against the um, Denver Nuggets, but. Uh, DeAndre Ayton of the Phoenix Suns pushed him in the back when he wasn't looking. Cheap shot, just like the cheap shot or cheap push he did against Chris Paul in the playoffs a couple of seasons ago. And he's been suspended three games by the NBA. So first, I want to ask John, is three games enough, too little, too much for Patrick Beverly and his antics? So so here's my thing. Um, Do I feel that Patrick Beverly deserves to be suspended? Yes. I think three games is excessive. Um, I know he's a repeat offender, but he was defending his boy. Um, and and what I thought that DeAndre Ayton standing over Austin Reeves like that was disrespectful. Um, and so Patrick Beverly took, you know, he, he thought that was wrong and, and, and he reacted. Now, I do agree because Devin Booker made, made the comment that he should push people, he should push people to the front. I think Patrick should have went up in his face said what he had to say, and then shove him in the front. Like, pushing him in the back, eh, you know, that's, you know, to a lot of people, that is a punk move. But I but I felt it was a little excessive. And I know the NBA is making, is sending a message. So, so one thing I want to let people know is that when it comes to certain players, a la Patrick Beverly and Draymond Green, their suspensions for things is going to be harsher than if another player were to do the same thing. And I think because they've been quote unquote labeled dirty players, because Draymond has been called a dirty player and Patrick Beverly has been noted to be a dirty player there. Patrick, Patrick Beverly is, is a dirty player. Okay. He's a dirty player. He, he'd be what I would 
uh, categorized as a dirty player, taking cheap shots on a number of occasions. Okay. He likes to go hard in, into guys' legs. I think Patrick Beverly is the definition of a dirty player. Yeah. And so he, he uh, shrouds it. He shrouds it in toughness and bravado. But he's just he's not tough. He's a dirty player. Period. Yeah. And so, you know, the NBA dropped the three game suspension. I felt what should have happened should have been a two game suspension and a half a million dollar fine. Levy a heavier fine, but three games? That's I think that was a bit excessive. But you know, NBA did what it felt okay. necessary. All right. All right. So I disagree. I think three okay. games is just right. Just right. Because this is a player who obviously doesn't get it. Okay. Um, I think his first like cheap, overzealous, dirty play was when he injured uh, Russell Westbrook when, when Russ was playing with OKC. Knowing that there was a timeout coming, dove into his legs and ends up injuring his meniscus. Okay. You then juxtapose that with a lot of his antics that he that he does when he tried to trip James Harden in the game mm-hmm. against the between the Clippers and the Rockets. Uh, then, of course, you know the push to Chris Paul's back, and this most recent push to uh, DeAndre Ayton. That was like, a push. I think that wasn't a push to. That was a he tried to shove him in the first row. Yes. And, all sh- and if you're a tough guy, and like he says, a quote-unquote foxhole guy, you stick up for your guy, okay? You step up to his face and you let him know, and you let DeAndre Ayton know that that's not going to be tolerated. But when you push him, here's what, here's what happens. Because you basically are taking the punk way out, you push him from behind, you're on an NBA court, there's not going to be any retribution, okay, for what you did. Because by the time he gets up, the officials are, are in his face, other teammates are, are in his face. That's not tough. Okay, get in his face. If you don't like what he's doing, you get in his face and you let him know that that doesn't send a message. It just shows you're a cheap shot artist. You get ejected. You I mean, whether or not it hurts his team, I don't even know. Patrick Beverly really has that kind of effect anymore, you know, as a a player. But the fact of the matter is this. You pretty much like you get a flagrant two foul call and you rile up the other team. You don't you don't really protect your guy. And I understood, like, the premise of protecting your guy. And you don't want somebody standing over him. So you shove him to the side, and you either get in his face or you pick your guy up, and that's it. I don't understand the, oh, I shoved him in the back, and that makes me tough. You're not tough, mm-hmm. okay? It's absolutely, like, ridiculous. I think that Patrick Beverly, uh, you know, it's almost like a sideshow. The team is terrible. So now he's running around trying to act like he's tough, like he's some kind of leader. So, Hello, sir. Minnesota traded you as part of like a package deal. If you're that important, they would have they wouldn't have dealt you as part of a bunch of you know four or five draft picks with some players for Rudy Gobert, and then basically Utah dealt you for uh whatever what wh- whatever the guy's name is, Taylor Horton Tucker. Like, come on, like you're not a valuable member of the team. You're an add-on. You're not tough, and I think it's kind of silly, like how he parades himself as some kind of tough guy, some kind of guy that you know has leadership qualities. I don't find that. I don't. I don't find Beverly to be that kind of player, and I think it's kind of weak that he's consistently making taking these tough shots. I know that he's a a grinder. He's he's made his uh, way in this league as a hustler, as a guy who plays defense, 
he's not the same defender anymore. He's he can't shoot, uh, can't run an offense. Uh, you know, Patrick Beverly to me, you know, it's kind of whack in terms of how he behaves on the court. I don't I don't like his antics, and I don't appreciate the fact that he's going around shoving guys in the back and trying to, you know, describe it as him being tough. I just think it really comes across as weak and I mean a little pathetic as well. So yeah, you, you know, it's it's weak. Um, I just feel that I don't know, like I like I felt that I would have levied a heftier fine and given him two games. I, I didn't think it warranted no three games. Three games. If they if they gave him four, I would have been I, I would have been okay, okay with that too. Like literally, you're going out and you know you could have potentially injured the guy. Okay, show trying to quote unquote stick up for your for your guy. So I don't I don't appreciate that. Like there's other ways you can go about it. If you really want to send a message, you you step up in his face and you let him know that it's not appreciated. You don't like try to shove a guy from behind, and like the same thing he did with, with uh, Chris Paul. Like that was a blatant cheap shot. You he's going. It's a timeout. The play is dead. You come and two hands shove him in the back because you're you're upset that you, you lost, and you want to give like some half hearted a weak apology afterwards. Give me a break. Like I'm not, I'm not selling any of that. I think he's a dirty player. I think three games is just fine. Okay. okay. And if he does it again, give him, give him five. If he does it again, give him five games. Because he did, he did that. You know, the Chris Paul a couple of years ago, and you know, you would think that after he got, you know, criticized for that, he would like not want to do that crap again. But of course, it's Patrick Beverly. Always, always good for for a sideshow. So. That's what I think about Patrick Beverly. He was sticking up for his teammate, Rob. Kind of slack. You can still you can still stick up for your teammate by not shoving a guy two hands in the back. Come on, man. Come on. I don't. I don't. I, I agree don't with you. You, you, you. Yeah. You made your point. You made your point. Yes. I agree with you. Point made. Point made. Let's move on. All right. Um, all right. So World Cup soccer is currently ongoing in the country of Qatar. And the U.S. team has played two games. Mm-hmm. They tied with Wales, 1-1. And today, they tied with Superpower, or one of the better teams, you know, better teams, I guess, in, in, in the world, England. 0-0, okay? It's big. That's a big point for the U.S. Now, they have two points after two games, okay? And if they win against uh, Iran, they will advance to the next round. So... John, let me ask you, will America ever embrace soccer like it does other sports like football and basketball? I think it's 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 on its way. Um, I think the MLS is doing well. I've gone to a couple of MLS games and just seeing just the energy in the, in the building has been great. Um, I think it's coming. I still think it's it's a little ways away. Um, but the U.S. team shocked me because. I am a avid soccer fan. I do like watching soccer. I watch Premier League when I can. I'm a big Man U fan. Um, I, I actually have a Man U flag, Manchester United oh, flag. Boy. I no, do. Please listen, listen. If you're a Man U fan, yes. okay, I can I can ask you a question that will prove your fanhood. Just name five players on Manchester United. You want me to name oh, five oh. players on Manchester United? Yeah. 
Okay. okay. And you're about to see and and see, okay, this is when you uh, a guy says he's a fan of a sport. No, he may like soccer, he's not an avid fan. <sighs> you're an avid football okay. fan, you're an avid basketball fan. When would you like me to start, but, Rob? Well, John, let's be honest. The time that you've just filibustered in this internet age, <laughs> you were able I to pull up anything. I didn't filibuster anything. You're right in front of a computer. You pulled up Manu's roster, and you're going to just name five names. Rob. Okay. So I have no interest. Rob, I'm in looking hearing... straight at you. Okay. Yes. You want me to look straight uh, la- at you, Rob? Ladies and gentlemen, he's in front of a computer screen, so he can literally look <laughs> okay. straight at me and still and All still right. um, real. We off. have Deed Henderson. We have Tom Heaton. <laughs> we have Eric Bailey. We have Phil oh, wow. Jones. We have Terrell Balassia. We have Alex Telez. We have Luke Shaw. <laughs> we actually had um, Ronaldo, but Ronaldo just uh, we, mm, you know, okay. he, he he got purchased. He was purchased. <laughs> okay, you know. Okay, John. Uh, How that true or false? True, true or false? Is is the menu roster currently on your computer screen? True or false? That is false. Oh god! <laughs> so that, ladies and gentlemen, what, what you heard is a blatant lie. Okay. So. Um, so ask so so I, the question I'm asking is uh-huh. will America the country of America sports fans in America ever embrace soccer like they embrace sports like baseball football I, I, and basketball and I said I think it will it's going to take some time um I and it's all about exposure right so the more America gets exposed to it the more talent from America gets to go to the Premier League and play in the Premier League because there's been a lot of talent from the US that has gone to play for Liverpool, um, that has gone to go play for other teams in, um, you know, f- like like the Brazilian, the Spanish leagues, as well as the European leagues. And once they become stars, the key thing is stars. You, um, what the U.S. needs is more players that are U.S. born to be stars in a sport, and that's going to help it grow. Um, I think MLS, yes. I think MLS has been very big for the U for, for, um, and I can tell you like going to MLS game, I highly recommend you going to MLS game. It is, it is nonstop energy um, in the building. Uh-huh. Um, I've gone to three MLS games, Atlanta United games. And first of all, it's packed. The stadium is packed. Um, and it's okay. just nonstop fans yelling. Now, granted, a lot of the fans who are there are of the Hispanic um, you know, nature because uh, the, the Hispanic community loves soccer as a sport. Okay. Now, granted, you know, there are a lot of Americans that are there, but majority of the fans, when you go to an Atlanta United game, majority of the fans that are there are Hispanic. And mm-hmm. um, just the energy, the the feel of the game, you know. And the thing is, soccer games don't take up more than two hours, right? Because it's, it's 45 mm-hmm. minutes of play. 15 minute break, another 45 minutes. So now the issue is for advertisers, it's hard to advertise around a soccer game because it because there, there are no timeouts. Soccer is a continuous yeah, no sport. Break. So yeah, there's no breaks. Money wise, it'll be hard for companies to make money off soccer because of the opportunities. See, when it comes to football, you have timeouts, you got TV timeouts, you got all kinds of stuff that allows for people to inject ads you know in those empty spaces soccer unfortunately 
You can only do ads in the beginning. You can do ads during halftime, and then you can do ads at the end. It doesn't give that many opportunities. But as long as more American-born players become stars, and, and, and the key thing for, ML, for soccer to be success in, in America is this. These fa- the players, the U.S.-born players, have to go to the Euro League because the Euro League is 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 the <coughs> is the creme de la creme. So you okay. notice, so you notice uh, in MLS, a lot of the stars of the European League go to MLS. They go to the MLS when they're washed up from the European League. Yeah, because you know? it's like probably the third or, third or fourth best league. Right. And, I mean, I, I don't even know that. Like, it's it's not no, a top four or five league. In, in, in you are world. correct. You know, you, you have the Euro League, you got the Spanish leagues, um, you got the German leagues, and then you can throw MLS in there. So the MLS, so the funny thing is is, is, is when you listen to the announcers of the Euro League, they reference MLS as, like, our farm system. Like how baseball has a farm system when they got players. That's how they mm-hmm. treat the MLS. They're like, you know, when so and so is 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 done playing um his time in in euro leagues he goes to mls case in point thomas uh Henri, who played for france the france national team mm-hmm. uh, when he when he turned 39 in euro league the euro league basically kicked pushed him out right he went to mm-hmm. he went to mls and played for like another 5 years but made like yep. $150 million. There was no way he was going to make that in EuroLeague. No. So, yeah, so that's the thing. But I think with time and with U.S.-born players becoming stars outside of the U.S., they would have to go to EuroLeague and then come back to MLS. That, in time, will help soccer grow in the United States. Well, I'll say this, okay? Uh, I agree that now a strong showing by the U.S. will help grow the game in this country. However, the point you made is a very good point. I think it's going to be the biggest issue for soccer growing in the in America to the point that it's equivalent or in the same realm with the other big three, baseball, football, and basketball. If the best players in the U.S., okay, if U.S. is now able to generate, like, really elite players and they are playing in the best leagues, Americans aren't aren't going to see them because they're in Bundesliga. They're in, you know, Champions League, which yeah. the average American is not watching. The average American soccer fan is watching, if they are watching, you know, average American sports fan, if they're watching soccer, is probably watching MLS. And we know MLS, if the entire U.S. national team is derived from the MLS, they're not going to win anything right. because that's not top quality soccer. As a, Just like in the you know uh, Olympics and in basketball, America is usually the best team because we even if we don't send our first or second, you know, our A or B team, it's a lot harder to do it now, okay, because other countries have caught up and they're not as terrible as they were before. However... You know, because the NBA is the best league, you pick NBA players, that increases their profile internationally, and it helps grow basketball in other countries because they're able to really see these guys. Basically, what in order for the U.S. to embrace, they have to embrace the foreign star. And that is has been an issue for, Amer- for America, to really embrace and bring stardom to, like, international stars. 
take baseball for example, Shohei Otani may be the best baseball player in Major League Baseball. Yeah. Okay. He is a top, you know, fifteen pitcher, a top, you know, ten hitter. Uh, you you don't have guys like that in America where they are effective as both a pitcher and a hitter. That's a very rare feat. Okay. Shohei Otani is a exquisite talent, rare talent. But you can't sell. Can you sell him to America as no. like the superstar in the face of Major League Baseball? No. Can you yeah. sell? Amer- will Will America Will America embrace? When was the last time America embraced a a foreign born, you know, superstar? Right. And did it? We did don't it, really. We don't really. Did really Smith say something like that, and then he got trounced for saying it? Well, I think I think he got upset. He they yelled at him because the fact that he. Said stated that Shohei Otani doesn't speak English as a first as his you know primary language was not right. fluent in English, which it makes it a little more difficult to communicate because obviously you need an interpreter. But I think America as a whole rarely, if ever, embraces a foreign-born face as a superstar. Right. Okay. Especially for a sport that they feel is theirs, like baseball. So when I'm talking about soccer, it's going to be difficult because we want we'd want a person to rally around, a star to rally around. But if that star is playing consistently in Germany or in, you know, England or, you know, whatever, wherever, you know, these uh, great leagues play, he's out of sight and really out of mind of the average American sports fan. And in order to pull in and make soccer another sport that is like a major sport, you have to pull in the casual sports fan. And that is going to be, I think, the headache. You know, a strong showing in World Cup, I think, will help. More, you know, more recognizable faces will help. You know, Christian, you know, Pulisic, that's like the most popular guy. He plays, he plays in EuroLeague. He plays in EuroLeague. Yeah, yeah, because he's 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 one of the better players. Yeah, he's one of the better players. But if you are a casual sports fan, do you know his name? No. You may, but you they have a way to grow individuals. That's how sports, um, you know, I think grow in this country. Rallying around individuals, you know, have knowing their story, and that's what really I think taps into America's hunger for uh, a certain kind of sport. Um, so, do you want to take a break, or do you want to continue Let's keep uh, going. with our, our topics? All right. So, next topic. I don't Jeff think Saturday. I, a couple. I don't think we need to take a break today. We can just keep going. Okay, no problem. So, Jeff Saturday, uh, the new coach of the Indianapolis Colts, former uh, coach. At um, Hebron Christian Academy, uh, I got the chance to actually meet Jeff Saturday a couple times at uh, Hebron Christian Academy. Uh, high school, okay, that, that, that's a high school job. Commentator, uh, analyst, ESPN. What, what was his record Never. over there? What was his record over at the high school? Were they good? They were. They were good. I mean, I, I saw him play a couple times. They won both those games. They played like it's almost like a single A um, designation, so not oh, the so most competitive. So they, um, so they weren't seven A. They were like no, no, no. It was like I think it was two, I think it was two A. Wow, if I'm mistaken. Hebrew Christian. So I mean, the Christian schools, like you know, it's a little, it's a smaller uh, enrollment. You know, t- tuition based. So it's not like everybody like any or anybody can just get up in there. So. Um, but you know, his teams won, they looked, you know, they looked good. Uh, you know, got to see him there a couple of times, got to meet him a couple of times. So, uh, it was interesting, you know, that he was of course named 
the coach of the Indianapolis Colts, an NFL team, which he was consulting with, friends of the uh, owner. So, uh, you know, their first game they won, second game they lost. Uh, so, you know, verdict is out whether or not he's going to be a good coach. But I have a question. My question is, if you were given the reins of a team, and it can't be your favorite team, Okay, you cannot okay. pick the Chicago Bears. Charge, okay. If you were if you were given the because obviously that would be the answer. And of course, my answer would be the, the New York Giants. But if you were given the reins of a team, what team would you want? And how well do you think you, you possibly could have done, reasonably could have done with one year? You're just coaching them for 17 games. One year, what reasonably do you think you could have done with that team? Which team and what do you think you could have done? To be honest, be that be that no, to, no to be dishonest. Okay, to be dishonest, I'm just playing <laughs> enough. Um, well, being that I can't pick my team, yes, a team that I would love the opportunity if I could to coach. Honestly, would be the New York Jets. Okay, go ahead. Why would it be? Why would you pick the Jets? Why would that be a fun job to have? Well, to me, it'd be a fun job because, A, I think their defense is great. I think they have a really, really good top-notch defense. I just think mm-hmm. – I th- I think offensively – to me, I'm the kind of person that doesn't mind confrontation. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would love to sit – I'd want to sit down with, like – Wilson and really have him watch tape and ask him point blank. What are you seeing when you throw that? Like, like walk me through your progression and what are you seeing? I really feel honestly that, you know, the jet squad as good as your defense is right. I don't need Zach Wilson to play at the level of Patrick Mahomes or at the level of Josh Allen for his team to win, right? I need him to be average. Mm -hmm. Because the defense is that good that if he just plays average, right? If he's an average quarterback, doesn't make mistakes, doesn't throw the ball away, doesn't do things, they'd be a tough team to beat. I'm not saying that that team would go to to the Super Bowl. We probably wouldn't. But because of the pieces they have, they're young and they're hungry. And and that's rare. It's rare to it's rare to find a team that's usually young and hungry. You'll find teams that are young and stupid. Right? Mm-hmm. That team is young and hungry. And when everyone is looking at the quarterback and saying, we don't vibe with what you said, that tells me that it's a leadership issue. Yeah, organiz- I think. Yeah, it's a leadership issue. And I don't feel that the organization, a la the head coach, has truly addressed it because the head coach is, is more of a defensive mind. And on that side of the ball, mm-hmm. they're playing lights out. They're playing lights out on the defensive side yeah. of the ball. And mm-hmm. I, but I feel that he needs to be more so in the forefront. Like if I had that role, that would be my job. I would, I, I'm fine on the defensive side. I want to address the offensive mm-hmm. side and what we can do to make better decisions on the offensive side of the ball. I think it'd be yeah. it'd be a good job to have because 
when you look at it, the pieces are there. The pieces are there for a good team. And I mm-hmm. think they're a good team. It's just that it's poor decision-making, which is hurting, which is hurting the team. And when you got young guys that actually want to win, which is rare, because like you can feel it like, like watching how they play and seeing how they play, like the, like the New England game. Think about that, Rob. For a defense to hold the Patriots to three points. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. the Patriots yesterday scored what, 26? Yeah. Right? For a defense. In a losing hold, no, 26 yeah, in a losing, in a losing effort. effort, right? They scored 10 points to win a game. Yep. And the 10 points wasn't even allowed by the defense. The defense only allowed three. Yep. Right? So. That goes to show you, if a defense can hold a team to three, Rob, in, in today's NFL, let that sink in. In today's NFL, where the yep. rules have been adjusted for offense, right? Mm-hmm. For you to be able to hold the team to three points and lose the game, yeah. right, is is disheartening. And so, and, and so yeah. I feel that that that's a job that I would like to have because I, because I would I would spend 60%, 70% of my time addressing the offense. Yeah. So I think that's an interesting uh, selection. You know, Jets definitely have a lot of potential. I would pick the Minnesota Vikings to be the coach of. Reason why is because I think they have everything when it comes to offense. They have the court, they have a solid quarterback. Um, of course, if you had a better quarterback, things may be a little different, a little more efficient. They have a very good receivers, uh, really good tight end, pass catching tight end, and TJ Hawkinson, and I think a really really good running back, in Dalvin Cook. They have all the pieces. I think that you need to win on the offensive end. Defensively, I think is where they can use a little bit more more of the motivation. Uh, I think probably more of a uh, you know blitzing scheme with some zone in the back. I think would do them some really some real good. Um, you know, for the Minnesota Vikings. I thought I that you would select a fun. challenge, though, because, you know, not mistaken, Minnesota Vikings is number one in their division. They're number one in the division, but the question is, who would you like to coach? Obviously, right. you want to coach a team that can win. Right. Um, and I think Minnesota would be a lot of fun to coach. I think that would be a, very, a, a unit that you can do a lot of things with on both sides of the ball, a lot of versatility. Uh, I think that would be a lot of fun. And if you add the fact that Minnesota is a fan base that's hungry for wins, you'll get a lot of support, even though Minnesota was not is not a place I ever want to live. Um, if I could do it, if I could coach re- remotely, um, I would definitely, um, you know, want to do that. So, <laughs> well, the housing, well, the, well, the housing in Minnesota. It's, it's funny you mentioned Minnesota. I, I listen. I, I don't care if they're giving the house away. It's too freaking cold in Minnesota. Right. Nobody wants to live when it's negative twenty degrees, and you had these twelve, you know, foot snow. No, no. I grew up in the Northeast. Do not want any more of that snow foolishness. I could leave it there. Like I said, I'd have to do it from a remote location, but I'd be, but I'd definitely be open to doing it. Wow. Minnesota, the Vikings. Uh, yeah, I'd have to do it remotely. I'm not dealing with the, with the snow no. and the cold. Okay. So, so the point I was trying to make is, uh, if you Google on YouTube, there's a video of like houses in different in different states and the cost of the housing. Mm-hmm. So they had these houses that they were showing. 
in New York, this house would cost something like one point five million. In Indiana, it was three hundred thirty thousand. In Minnesota, it was a little bit higher. It was like forty thousand. In Georgia, it was like three eighty. Mm-hmm. But like, I do agree with you. It is too cold. Uh, my wife's was one of my wife's closest friends. She's from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And she talks about like I, like I asked like do you ever visit, and she's like you know you know she visits like I would say every four or five years she still has family there that yeah. she does um, visit but that's the one thing she, she 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 talks about is like after living there for so long and then just the cold that you feel and it's bone chilling cold it's like like you can go from November to February and the temperature has been 10 degrees or less every single day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's just a lot. I want I want no part of that. Yeah. None whatsoever. It's a completely like different existence. Bless listen, for those of you who, who can do it or from from Minnesota, live in Minnesota, listen, God bless you for staying warm, but no thank you. It's too freaking cold in Minnesota for me to ever want to live there on a full-time basis, but your Minnesota Vikings Pretty interesting team to follow. So we'll keep a tab on them. Now, lastly, uh, yesterday we had Thanksgiving. Yesterday we had three Thanksgiving games. The Vikings, aforementioned Vikings, beat the Patriots. The Cowboys beat my Giants. And the Bills beat the Lions. Right, a skin of their teeth. Yes. I mean, the games were pretty close. You know, mm-hmm. the Giants game, not, not, not so much. Giants scored a, a touchdown late. But uh, the other two games were pretty close. So, with that being said, we're talking Bills, Cowboys, and Vikings. Which team do you think, on the, you only pick one, which team do you think will make it the furthest in uh, the in, in the uh, playoffs? So, I think all three of those teams will make the playoffs. So, yeah, well, which three of those teams do you think will go the furthest in the playoffs? Well, if we're going back to what I said at the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. for me, it's going to be the Bills, right? Okay. I have the Bills in the Super Bowl. I'm still, mm-hmm. I'm still gonna stick to that. Okay. So I'm gonna say the Bills. Okay. Now okay. on the NFC side, and I'm surprised you didn't put a, a team in there. The 49ers. I think no. 49ers. Now remember, the only reason I said it is because those are three teams that won yesterday. Right. Okay. So I'm just based off those three teams. You said it's the Bills. You said feel the Bills right. will go the furthest. We'll go okay. the furthest. Okay. All right. I see the All right. Way. I respect that. I respect that. Listen, I think the Bills are fantastic. I think the Bills are awesome. I, my pick is the Minnesota Vikings, and here's why. Why? Okay, okay. interesting. Here's yes. Here's why. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buffalo is currently seven and three, or eight, eight and three. Eight right? And three. Sorry, right. eight. Yeah, eight and three, battling for a top spot in the. Um, I don't think they'll get it. Division. I think Kansas City. Yeah, they, and, they and they won't get it. Okay. That's a problem, I think, with the Buffalo Bills is the fact that it's going to be difficult. They're a lot closer to, to the pack, I think, uh, when you consider that in the AFC, Kansas City is a viable threat. Okay. Miami's a viable Buffalo, threat. Buffalo, Miami's looking like a viable threat. And Baltimore and Cincinnati, I think Cincinnati to a lesser extent, but Baltimore is definitely a threat. Those are, I just reeled off three legitimate threats. I'll, and I'll keep the jury out of Miami, but Baltimore, Cincinnati, Kansas City. 
are viable threats. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and I don't think, and the reason why they're viable threats, I don't think Buffalo is going to have the one seat. That's gonna. That's the main reason why I think they're not going to go as far. I think Minnesota has a really good chance of, of getting the one. Okay. Uh-huh. They have an easier schedule down the stretch. Philly, of course, has the best record, but I can see Philly losing two more games. They almost lost against uh, the Indianapolis Colts. Okay. I can see Philly dropping a couple of games. I, I can see Minnesota getting that one seat. And for them, it's extremely important. I think of all the teams we just named, it's most important that Minnesota gets the one, if not the one, then hopefully the two for the, for their sake. I think if they're matched up against a team that like they're two and they play a team like the Giants, that's a game that they can easily win, I think. Right. Um, whereas Buffalo, if they are, I don't know, a three, I'm thinking that they could be like a two three. So let's say they're a three. Just for the sake of argument, the three would end up playing the six, and a six seed could potentially be. It wouldn't Titans. be um Tennessee. No, no, the Titans wouldn't be a, a six. So I think they would win. They're going to win the division. The division is trash. Um, Houston, uh, Jacksonville, and uh, Indianapolis. Like they'll win, so they'll be like a four seed. So a six seed could potentially be a team like Cincinnati. That may not win the division, may not win the AFC North, but you don't want to play him. You don't want to play him uh, for Joe Burrow. Yeah, exactly. I think that is the reason why there are so many of those teams that will potentially knock them off. Where in the NFC, the teams that are the threats, Dallas and San Fran. Um, now San Fran, I think, is going to end up winning the NFC West. I don't think Seattle is going to hold right. on to win the division. I agree. And I think if Seattle, if Seattle played Minnesota, I, I would like Minnesota's yeah. chances. Yeah. Okay. So, like, if Minnesota's a two seed, a potential seven seed would be a team like um, potentially Seattle. Okay. Um, And I think that's an easier game than playing a team like Cincinnati or even a team, uh, you know, Cincinnati ends up winning the AFC North, playing a Baltimore, even have to play Miami. So, so to your point, the one thing that I do agree with you with is that. Cincinnati not playing at home is not a big deal for them. They proved that last. No, year. yeah, they they're cold. They can they can produce in the in the cold weather. Yeah. Okay, and they already have a Super Bowl berth. Um, I just think Minnesota's road is going to be easier. They'll have less resistance now than what, the other what would teams. And I think now, that's more. Now, let's say this: What would happen? So, one question that I would like to add to this mix, right? Is in, mm-hmm. when it comes to the NFC, which team are you most afraid of? No, the team that I think was trying the most for anybody, the team that nobody wants to play is San Fran. All right. That's the team nobody wants to play. They have, I think they have the most, one of the most talented rosters. And Jimmy Graffalo fits what they want to do. They play good defense. They have good receivers. They have Christian McCaffrey as a running back. They have offensive mind, the coach, and they have a very good defensive coordinator. And they were a couple of plays away from the Super Bowl, from the Super Bowl last year. Okay, sure. they were right there with the Rams the whole way, and the Rams don't seem to be the same team. Obviously, I you know, as them as the defending champions, they're likely not to make the playoffs. Okay, yeah. So what does that mean? That means that San Fran uh, will one, like I said, I think they win the NFC West. I think they beat Seattle out for the NFC West crown, and. Of course, there may be, you know, I think 
probably a three seed, okay? Because it would be hard for them to get like a one or two with Philly and Minnesota having won so many games already. So a three seed is likely what they'll they'll get if they win the, the uh, division. And then, uh, you know, they can play you uh, a grind-out, run-heavy game. Mm-hmm. And they can also play you in a more balanced attack. They're not a, a, a gunslinging kind of team. They can play you with a more balanced attack. So I just think that San Francisco, talent-wise, and when they get healthy, are just one of the hardest teams in the league to beat. And if it turns out they win the Super Bowl, would we be surprised? They've no. been knocking on the, on the door for a while. Yep. Okay. So I want to see, you know, how that goes. But, um, you know, San Francisco right now, I think the most dangerous team uh, in the NFC right now. Would you say that they're the most dangerous team in the NFL? Would you go as far as the NFL, maybe? When you look at all the, all the potential playoff teams that we know of, would you consider them no. possibly the most dangerous I'll, in the okay. right now? I'll ask, and this is how I'll decide. I'll ask you a question. Uh-huh. You got to win one playoff game. You would you rather face Patrick Mahomes or would you rather face Jimmy Garoppolo? If I got to win one playoff game, I'd rather face Jimmy Garoppolo. Who would you rather? Yeah, mainly, mainly I'd rather because, face Jimmy than mainly Patrick because Mahomes. I know that Jimmy makes mistakes. Yes, and. Uh, even if Mahomes make mistakes, he's talented enough to atone for them and still beat you. Okay. Yeah. Um, so to me, the most dangerous team in the NFL it's, it's still Kansas are, the, are, are the Kansas City Chiefs. In the NFC, I'll give you it's, it's uh, the, the Niners. But Patrick Mahomes' ability to literally make it up out of nowhere and give you these dime throws – is something that you cannot duplicate. And I think that his magic, the Mahomes magic, to me, makes him an extremely dangerous team. And the fact that he has weapons. Right. He's got Smith-Schuster. He's got Kelsey. He's got Miko Hardman. He's got Kadarius Tony now. He's got weapons. And, you know, they have a good defensive coordinator that can scheme up a good plan to kind of hold a, a couple of you know offenses back. So, to me, Kansas City is the most dangerous team in the league. San Fran, I like, as the most dangerous team in the NFC. And if they met in the Super Bowl again, would we be surprised? No. We would not be surprised. Now, no. so. would you – if you could repick your Super Bowl pick today, right now, what what is your heart telling you the Super Bowl would be? Uh, I like Kansas City – I mean, that would be it. It would be Kansas City and San Fran. And San Fran? Okay. Like, yeah, even though I wouldn't be surprised if San Fran didn't make it. Okay. So, if they got tri- they, they so were for you, up, the NFC title game them. would be Minnesota against San Fran and San Fran beating them. Yeah, I could potentially see that. Potentially beating yep. them. Okay. okay. Well, I can see Minnesota and San Fran in the NFC championship game. Okay. That would not be surprising to me. Okay. Okay. If Minnesota gets the right matchups, they can advance in the playoffs. Okay. But they got to get the right matchups because there's certain teams I think they can't beat. And so, and, and who do you think is a? Do you think do you think Dallas is one of the, is a kryptonite for them? I think if they played them in the playoffs again, they would beat them. The reason why I picked Minnesota to lose that game against Dallas because they played the emotional game against Buffalo last week, and uh, I just felt like they would they would not have the emotional. Uh, they would not be able to reach that level two weeks in a row. 
Uh-huh. And that's why Dallas, and that's why Dallas manhandled them. And Dallas got everything in that game. They manhandled them, and they played great. So yeah. okay. I don't think I, I don't think Dallas is unbeatable in that in that in that sense when it comes to playing Minnesota. Minnesota can beat them, but you know they got to run the ball. They have to do what they normally do in order to be successful. And I think they'll they can beat Dallas in a playoff game. Okay. okay. Um, but that game they played, yeah. It was that was difficult. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. All right. So, um, so now it's our favorite, our favorite time, favorite uh time of the show. Time for picks. Yep. Week twelve. Week twelve picks. Good news so far. Okay, we're both three zero from our picks from Thanksgiving. Okay. Okay. So we're you know we picked the same teams, the Bills. The Cowboys and the Vikings to win. So we all we got all those games correct. All right. Um, but let's, let's but you know, but you know, uh, last week once again. Okay, I we don't need to go over that. Got more? No, no, no. Yeah. This is what we go through. Okay, I don't now. Had you won, I'm pretty sure no. you would want to go over how you had you won. But once again, of course, eleven wins last week. I care and about got the overall three. record. Yeah, I'm winning that too. Um, I know. I got I got three we banked you know three more wins uh on Thursday. So just for uh, record keeping Cowboys over Giants we both picked that. Bills over Lions and Vikings over Patriots we both picked that. So we'll go to the Eagles and the Packers. That's a Sunday night game. Eagles and the Packers. John, who do you have winning this key matchup in the uh, NFC? I Eagles, the Eagles and Packers. I got the Eagles winning because they're feeling the pressure of Minnesota. So I got the Eagles. Yeah, I see. Yeah, I see the Eagles winning a one possession game. How about the Bucks and the Browns? This is the last game that Deshaun Watson is suspended. He can return next week. So yeah. this is the final game for the Browns without their quarterback. Will it be a win against the Bucks? It it will not. I think the Bucks. Mm. I, I think Tom Brady getting his divorce. He he, he got that. He got his mind straight. I don't think offensively they're going to do much, but I feel that the Bucks will win the game. Bucks by five. For me. I, I think the Bucks. The Bucks will take that by a couple scores. Okay. Uh, the Titans and the Bengals. Bengals we just talked about is one of the dangerous teams. The Titans have been playing very well. Yeah. Very good football. What do you think happens when uh, King Henry uh, meets up with Joe Burrow and the crew? I think right now is game time for Burrow. I think this is where Cincinnati mm-hmm. runs runs the table a little bit. I got the Bengals okay. going to Tennessee and winning. Bengals. Okay, Florida. I I like the Bengals, but I like Tennessee's run game better. I think they're going to run Derrick Henry. I think they're going to control the clock, and I think that's how they're going to limit that prolific um, Cincinnati offense. I like the Titans in a okay. low scoring game. Titans over Bengals. Okay. Uh, Texans and the Dolphins. I think this one's pretty straightforward. The Texans are not a good team. The Dolphins yep. are a good team. I like Miami in this one. Do you agree? Yes, I got Miami by double digits. All right. Jets and the Bears. Uh, quarterback uh, Justin Fields is questionable with a shoulder injury, and he's been pretty much their entire offense. Yeah. Uh, do you think that is going to spell doom for Chicago? Yes. Um, I, I honestly think they should not play him. We're not in the playoff. Okay. I don't think they should play him. 
I don't want the guy mm-hmm. to get hurt any more than he already has. He has a what is it, dislocated shoulder or separated shoulder? Yeah, separate separated shoulder. Yeah, separated shoulder. I don't think I don't I don't think the team should play him. Um, but I have mm-hmm. the Jets winning. I have the Jets winning the game. Um, low scoring affair. Jets winning. Okay, I I agree with you. I think because of Justin Fields' injury, I like the Jets. Had Justin Fields been healthy, I would have picked the Bears. But I don't uh, think he's going to be healthy. Jets are going with their backup quarterback, Mike White, in that one. Uh, Falcons and the Commanders. Commanders have been one of the better teams in the league. Now currently standing, uh, I believe, at, what, 6-5 and five now? Uh-huh. They are over 500. And they Last place in the end. And, and uh, Chase Young, I think. Is yeah, the yeah they, they, get, they get Chase Young active. Falcons still in the playoff hunt, still in the hunt for the NFC South crown. Do you think... Uh, the commanders continue their wins. Yes, uh, I against the, the Falcons. I believe okay. the commanders get their win. Chase is back, which means that he's going to wreak havoc on the run game because the Falcons strengthen mm-hmm. their run game. Um, yep. So, um, and then I think the loss of Kyle Pitts is is going to play big for them. Mm-hmm. So I got the commanders winning by four. Yeah, I think the commanders are playing well. Um, but I don't think they're going to play well this Sunday. I think I like oh, okay. Atlanta's ability. I like Atlanta's ability to make plays like Cordero, Cordero Patterson's ability to make plays. I'm not trusting this uh, Washington offense. I'm not trusting Taylor Heineke. Here's the thing about a backup quarterback. He will do well in a, lot, in a number of weeks, but he will always remind you in due time why he's a backup. And I think this is the right time for Taylor Heineke to remind you why he's a backup quarterback. I like Atlanta's ability. Oh, wow. okay. I like their big play. I like I like their big playability, and I think they're going to be able to score some points against this uh, Commanders defense. I like the Falcons to win this game by seven. I'm taking the Falcons okay. over the Commanders. All right. Okay. All right. So, and, and you are giggling because you think, oh man, I may be able to catch up with this guy. Not so fast, my friend. Well, we'll Falcons see. over Commanders. Okay. All right. So. Broncos and the Panthers. Uh, Panthers uh, have had all kind of trouble at quarterback. Uh, it's a team that's obviously rebuilding. Broncos have been – they've been bad, okay? Uh, they've been bad. And two bad teams play. You really don't know what's going to happen. What do you think happens this time uh, between the Broncos and the Panthers? So, remember I told you I was going to vote against the Broncos mm-hmm. for the remainder of the season because of Russell Wilson's poor play? I, yes. went, I went against my word um, only because I think the Panthers are worse. And I think yeah. because, you, you know, let this sink in, and it's sad. The Denver Broncos have the number one scoring defense in the league. Mm-hmm. They allow the fewest points in the league, right? Mm-hmm. At 16 points a game, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. If their offense could just muster six field goals a game, they would be nine and one. Not touchdowns. Yeah. Just field goals. They would be nine and one. So yep. to me, I think th- this is due. I think Carolina's gonna make some mistakes. <laughs> Sorry. I think Carolina's gonna make some mistakes. And mm-hmm. if, ba- if Baker Mayfield is the quarterback, there's gonna be some interceptions. The yep. I, I and I think the defense scores a touchdown. Okay. I think the defense scores a touchdown. So I have the Broncos winning um by two. 
close game, okay. low scoring affair, very bad game to watch. But if mm-hmm. you love defense, you'll love to, to watch the Broncos defense play. And so I got okay. the Broncos winning. I like the Broncos as well. I think this will be a low scoring game, maybe a three point game for Broncos, but I think I, they'll pull it out at the end. Uh, Chargers, sorry, uh, not Chargers, Ravens and the Jaguars. Jaguars, you know, young team, struggling team, Ravens, potential Super Bowl contender. I like the Ravens to win by multiple scores. John, so do you agree I. with So do I. Um, I got them winning by okay. double digits. All right. Chargers and Cardinals. This is a AFC West, NFC West uh, matchup. Uh, Kyler Murray could potentially come back from his hamstring injury. Will that be enough to get the Cardinals a win? Um, I think if he comes back, he's going to be hampered. I, w- I would probably sit him out another week. Um, doesn't Honestly, it doesn't matter to me. I, um, I got Chargers winning by at least three. Yeah, I think Chargers are going to win this game. Uh, this has been a rough, rough year for the Cardinals. High expectations, low results from uh, uh, Arizona. Injuries, the suspension of uh, DeAndre uh, Hopkins, that hurt them. They were not able to have the kind of offense that you expected them to have earlier in the season. Um, I just think that uh, the LA, LA Chargers sorry, are going to do enough to get a win there, probably by one possession. Uh, the Raiders... And the Seahawks, the NFC West leading Seahawks. Seahawks. Versus Dumpster Fire, that's the Las Vegas Raiders. Yes, I agree. Seahawks. I think Seahawks by multiple scores. I don't like what I see in uh, Vegas. Yeah, they beat the Broncos in their last game out, but let's be honest. Broncos should have won that game going away. Uh, The Seahawks are not going to give you those um, opportunities like uh, Denver did. So I like Seahawks to win this one. Uh, Three more. Rams and the Chiefs. You think this is a, you think it's a blowout? Blowout. Stafford's not playing. Even if yeah. he was playing, uh, you have Cooper Cup, who they're probably going to set up for the rest of the year. There's really no mm-hmm. yeah, he's in the back. Chiefs by double digits. Yep, I agree. Chiefs by multiple scores. Uh, Saints and the Chargers. Saints. No, Saints and the 49ers. have a solid defense. Yes, sorry, Saints and the Niners. Yes. I need some. I need some sleep. Yeah. So Saints and the Niners. Um, I like the Niners in this game. And uh, Saints have a good defense, but I don't trust what happens is when it? they have the ball. John? No, I don't think the defense is that good. I think their defense No, I think their defense is good. Oh, but isn't that a good – but isn't that it's, what it's, a good defense is? It's opportunistic. Does? When they get exposed, when certain players get exposed, we're not going to uh, – You can say that for any – you can, you can yeah. say that for, for any defense. No, no. Certain players get exposed. Some, no, some defenses are, are, are legitimate good defenses. I think the Saints have a good defense. I think the Saints defense is a little overrated. Um, okay, and 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 I think San Francisco beat the them regardless whether they're good yeah, or yes. overrated. I think it, and I think the Niners will score at least thirty points on them. Um, okay, so I can see this being a, a one possession low low scoring game, but no, nah, the, the Niners. I think I sent you by three, but I got the Niners winning in double digits. Okay, all right. Got the Niners be- Lastly, be- beating the brakes off of them. Lastly, Steelers Colts Monday night. I'm pretty sure ESPN is like crap. I can't believe we had this game on a Monday night. Yeah, but it is what it is. Steelers and the Colts. What do you think happens when these two underachieving teams play? I got the Colts winning. Um, okay, nothing against uh, Thomason. What's going on in, in Steelers Steeler country? Um, okay, I got, I got the Colts winning. 
Uh, I I'm not like, going to watch the game, so it doesn't really matter. No, I probably won't be watching it either. Yeah. Um, I, like Steeler, I like the Steelers. Uh, I think in a game like this, when you have two underachieving teams and look at the coaching, which coaching side do I trust more? I trust the Steelers more than I trust the Colts. Therefore, I'm going with the Steelers to win this game. 20 to 16 is the score that game. Okay. okay. Right. I don't I I haven't given scores for any of these games, but I'll give it for that one. 2016. I, I like the Steelers to win Monday night. So there you have it. Those are our picks. If you want to hit us up, you want to share some thoughts, you can always reach us on our Facebook group, Brothers Ball and Sports, or on Instagram at Brothers Ball and Podcast, or via email at Blood Brothers at gmail.com set your fantasy lineups make sure you finish your thanksgiving leftovers be a good brother be a good sister take care peace we out